This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Mayera Firminger. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why we're talking about I said in a second because today I'm delighted and humbled to welcome I'm, it's the last name you got it I, I will try you again Sachin Sahil fantastic Sahil. really yeah you nailed Sahil it. yeah because you said it's like an I and an it's E it's like an I-E e. e. the okay. translation is always a, a difficult thing Sachin Sahil it's always a good conversation starter, though. Yeah, but I shouldn't. Like, I, we did start our last conversation this way. <laughs> and, like, I'm brown, too. But it also which... <laughs> reminds the people that are listening how to say my name as well, which I think, like, over the course of the last couple of years, I've made it very, I've made it a point. Yeah. To make sure that people uh, know what the name is, at least, so that I can keep correcting them, because it's your name. And it also means truth. Also, I wish you guys could see the adjustment from Sabrina into her her, her <laughs> podcast voice, it's so dope. It's like, okay, and now we're going to start. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls. And it's the greatest change. You should do voiceover. I'm actually a little so bit good. starting to get into it. What? But yeah. You totally should. I, I, I've actually, I had my first uh, voiceover voice. gig. Thank you. you okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. What is, what just, what was your gig? I, I. Can I say yet? Oh, maybe not. I don't think I can say okay, yet. Cool. But it is for a venerable uh, particle physics institution. Oh, man. Yeah, so it's so cool. But apparently I said nuclear wrong, and so I have to do some re-records, because <laughs> I don't even know how to say nuclear. And um, I will also do the uh, uh, version uh, en français. Oh. Okay, so this is literally what happened last time, and we just started talking. But you have to <laughs> it's stop. My it's my fault. I do stop. this. Stop. Anyway, I'm Sabrina Furminger, and today I'm delighted and humbled to welcome Sachin Sahil back to the YVR Screen Scene podcast. Sachin and I spoke nearly a year ago, back when we knew we would soon be bidding adieu to the hundred. Sachin has played Dr. Eric Jackson on the hit CW post-apocalyptic drama, which kind of feels like a little bit like real life, I'm not going to lie, since season one. And we spoke about his love of Superman, how positivity is a muscle, his efforts to battle toxicity in fandom, why he stopped running from his slash our culture, and how the hundred responded to hopelessness in the cultural zeitgeist. Last night, just last night, the penultimate episode, that's the second to last episode aired, and thank you Sachin for using one of my favorite words correctly word. on Twitter. I love that word so um, much. I do too, and everybody uses this like, it's like the extra ultimate, but it's not. It just nope. means the second to last. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, 
So last night the penultimate episode aired, and I suspect that Sachin has big feelings about it. So today, and today, I want to talk about big feelings, because this is an era of big feelings. Feelings of power and powerlessness, feelings of compassion and confusion. It can be a lot to handle. And yes, we're a film and TV industry podcast, but part of being a film and TV industry podcast is holding up a mirror and reflecting back what people who work in our industry and follow our industry are thinking about and talking about, and we sure as hell are thinking about and talking about the big feelings of 2020. And... And I wanted to have this Big Feelings talk with Sachin specifically because if you listen to that episode from last year or follow Sachin on Twitter, you know that he's always up for a Big Feelings talk. <laughs> the bigger and the bolder, the better. Big so, Feels guy. Big Feels so guy. So Big Feelings guy, Sachin Sahil. Hi. Hi. Welcome back to so the podcast. So good to see you again. So yeah. it is good to see you too, even though I, I also... I don't know if you're having this experience. I can also see my face a little bit reflected in <laughs> your face plexiglass? through the plexiglass. Yeah. yeah. Um, disclaimer. Yeah. I haven't watched a second of the final season yet. Um, I want to dedicate a whole weekend to Big Feelings. Although I already saw the Lee's character yeah. um, ends with a bullet in his forehead. Yes. Um, Although I found that out because he posted a photo of himself like smiling, yeah. you know, I think with with Richard with a bullet in his forehead. Yeah. So um, it just shows his acting chops because his character <laughs> almost never smiles. He's also always yeah. up for a big feelings talk too. Of I course. love Lee. Yeah. Um, so that's my big disclaimer. So no spoilers. I, I you know, if people post, you gotta know. If, if you're behind, you gotta know what's gonna happen. Nowadays, like, I found the... People the like binging. I like the binge. But the spoiler, like, uh, whatever it's called, the, the, the time between when you hear spoilers when the episode airs is so much shorter now. I, I used to think it was like, okay, nobody would spoil for two weeks what happened. But now it's like, the next day, Twitter is like, oh my god, Arya killed the blah blah blah. You know, it's yeah. just like, I, you have to watch it or stay off social media. Well, last night was tough because I, I doom scroll before bed, yeah. and um, and then there you were, and there because I'm like I'm following all of all of y'all from the from the hundred, and yeah. you know you and and Dickie are saying nice things to each other. I'm yeah. like, man, so I know this is going to be an intense episode, and yeah. why is everybody so upset about Amari? So anyway, yeah. there's no reprieve at all it's just like the episodes airing and people are you're tuning. gonna get 2020 and spoilers That's yeah basically <laughs> the entire scroll oh man 2020 so um every interview that i've done since march i have begun by asking people from my heart how they're doing so i am going to ask you the same thing um how are you That's such a heavy question uh, well, first of all, how do you feel about that question? Because some people ha like are tired of it. You know, I'm I'm totally okay with it because it helps me reflect on how I'm feeling because mm. I don't take a lot of time, I think, to sit back and reflect how I'm doing um, because I like to make sure other people are doing well. A yeah, lot of can the time. you get up more into the mic? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. A little bit distant. Um, it's It's... So self-reflection, I think, is so important, and I don't take enough time to do it. But during this time, obviously, there's so much, uh, so many feelings. And I think if I was to take a positive from all these emotions that we're feeling, it would be that people are talking more about their emotions and their feelings, and they're mm. more vocal about it. We grew up in a time 
where if you had a bad feeling, if you felt terrible for months at a time, you were taught to pull up your pants, buck up, and get her done. Yeah. Nowadays, people are more aware and therefore doing better things for their mental health, talking about it to their friends, going out with their friends. Um, I have been notorious in my life for when I'm not feeling well, shutting myself out completely and sitting at home and just working. Yeah. Cause, and I just drown myself in whatever work I can create for myself. Yeah. And lately, what I found during the pandemic is I haven't been doing that. And I've made a lot of different uh, life adjustments, as I think we should have during the pandemic. Hopefully, we made some realizations about ourselves through that self-reflection. So, while I'm aware of everything that's going on and deeply feeling it, I'm trying to take as many as many positive adjustments for when hopefully things change for the better, yeah. I come out of it a better person. Yeah. Um, a different person, a more, uh, a more caring person to myself hmm. um, while still being caring for other people. I'm sorry, I just you know. smiled really big because it's so refreshing to to look upon somebody who has the same cultural background that I do talking about feelings yeah. when I know that like our parents' generation or even mm-hmm. the current generation, you know, back in India, they do not. You're not supposed to. It's like just, it's not even talked about that you'll talk about it. Yeah. You're just supposed to power through stuff. Yeah. And you know what? I'm still guilty of that to this day. It's ingrained in me to, if I feel bad, power through it. Yeah. Maintain a smile, maintain positivity, which I do. And I think that is a, is a nice base to kind of have. But at the same time, I now take complete days off. Mm. Days three days where I'll sit and do nothing. And I don't think I've ever done that for myself. Um, I think a lot of the stuff, what I've realized is, is we as a people, we, as, as time went on, we started talking about this. We were always so stressed and we thought it was work. Mm. We thought, oh my God, I'm working too much. This is causing me this stress, working too hard. People have been working their entire lives. Yeah. What is causing now that stress? And what I think it is, is allowing energy into your life that maybe shouldn't be there. Hmm. Whether it be in media that you're picking up, whether it be in people that you're surrounding yourself with, whether it be in these things, you have to make sure that your life is as happy as it can be for you and whatever that means. And a lot of time we're really worried about... um, perception or 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 optics and stuff and you just have to do what's best for you you know that's so i would imagine that that would be hard for somebody who is an actor on a show you know where you i mean it's all a lot of it is about optics right Mm -hmm. and thinking about like you know the energy that that you put out there and how you're seen like do you find that it's like extra challenging this you know mental health battle for in sure. film and TV. Yeah. For sure. But you just have to do your best while you're maintaining and saving your energy to not hurt other people in the process while you're doing that. Mm. Because that there can be a part of that energy that can be so I'm backing away from this in an angry sort of way. You have to back away and do it in a peaceful way from whatever it is, whatever if there are, you know, uh, if there's negativity on social media, if there's all this stuff, you have to do whatever you need to do. Yeah to keep your brain and your soul and your energy as safe as possible. So like, let's go through some, now I, w- I will put the, 
addendum disclaimer that, to my knowledge, um, Sachin's not a real doctor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, like you know, like if you if you are struggling. Um, there are so many places all over the world where you can reach out for help, you know. So we are, and I will include links to um, some of the ones in North America in the footnotes for this episode. But I do want to also share some of the the strategies, the self-care, self-love strategies that have worked for, for us yeah. during the yeah. pandemic. You know, and I, like one of the things that I've done is... Um, the ritual of sitting in quiet mm. and um, and really removing social media, removing podcasts that stress me out, yeah. and like removing the need to know everything yeah. you know that's going on. One because you can't know everything, yeah. and two because you know taking in a news report is not necessarily finding out what's going on. Have you, you know? watched the Social Dilemma? I haven't yet okay. because I, I also I still also at the same time I still find some connection and community in, in social media. And you totally can as long as I think uh, to be aware of what's happening while still doing everything you want to do with that and taking the positives from it. Like yeah. what it what it teaches you to do a lot is when you see negative things directed towards other people or even towards you you kind of don't care anymore because you realize that this has all been curated yeah. to create an emotional response, right? And the moment you start stepping away from that, it's like, oh, now I can just, just use this tool, this phone. Nobody picks up a hammer and holds onto it all day. This phone is a tool. Yeah. I'm using this as a tool now to to say what I want to say, be who I want to be, and then put it down. You know? Yeah, Thor does carry the <laughs> hammer quite Not a bit. Not all day. He, he puts it down and then he'll call it to himself. I mean, I guess that's true. I mean, yeah. he definitely uses it a lot more than a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> if I could throw lightning from my phone, I guarantee you I would have it He would day. have it on all the time. <laughs> that's that's true. Oh, and another thing yeah. um, that I do a lot of is drink healthy beverages. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about that because we both really like to hydrate. So, like, I'm really into, like, flavored Perrier Ooh, right nice. now. So naturally flavored strawberry Perrier Ooh. water uh, and Very apple nice. juice I rediscovered last night cold yeah. apple juice was like so rad I'm like yay so things that like underrated kind of distance I've cut down coffee to one cup a day yeah. four o'clock in the morning when I just automatically unfortunately just wake up but I sit in the quiet during that time yeah. coffee with coconut mana and a little bit of cinnamon and then the rest right. of the day it's like because I, I also realized caffeine and alcohol not really my friends yeah. especially during the pandemic yeah. you know because I was I was especially in like the, the real the first month and a half of you know this kind of self-imposed lockdown that we took in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, I really lost my identity and my sense of self. Um, my husband was super happy because he, he directs animation and video game stuff, so he awesome. was just at home. My daughter, so much of her socializing was like online, anyways, like yeah. playing Minecraft while FaceTiming with friends. <laughs> you know, so she was having a great time. Yeah. And then there was me, who was like, my self-care and happiness. Yeah. A lot of it comes from this space and what we're doing now. Yeah, it's and, beautiful. And I was trying to keep that going over Skype and I'm glad we were still releasing episodes. I saw the importance of it, but it was not feeling the same. Yeah. So I was drinking like a lot of coffee 
And then I couldn't sleep at night, so I was drinking a lot of vodka sodas. Yeah. The ones in the white cans where they tell you it's healthy. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's low alcohol, but it's not. It's not. And then I was like, it would get to be like 4.35 o'clock. I'm like, I need one now. I need yeah. one now. And you so. know what? All of that is totally, totally 100% fantastic. You are allowed to do, during that time, yeah. during a pandemic of four months where we're sitting at home, we're trying to find ways to keep ourselves busy, find solutions, do not feel an ounce of guilt for anything that you did during that time. Because yeah. you are basically trying to maintain yourself during that time. It's and your a, body's asking a, for things and you're allowed to give it. It's a pandemic. It's a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> no guilt whatsoever. We played, we had a, a group, me, uh, me, Richard, Alex Brima, Adil, uh, and my friend Ben, um, we would play what video games. Yeah. Bunch of stuff. We got... I mean, Richard's really into Animal Crossing, which was great. I'm so into Animal Crossing. I brought my Switch today. I'm going to show you my little island. I need to see it. Yeah. I need to see it. <laughs> but we'd get together. We'd FaceTime. You know, a bunch of us, Richard and Dylan and I, and some would have coffees in the morning over FaceTime. Oh, that's nice. I would call my friends and family over FaceTime. We'd have, like, big group chats. We'd have all these Zoom discussions. Zoom took over the world. And it's yeah. just, like, I drank wine. I don't drink. Yeah. Almost like... I, I have uh, a couple, uh, maybe a drink when I go out for celebration. I'll have a scotch. Yeah. You know, I'll have one maybe once a week. Oh, my God. But during the pandemic, scotch. I got bottles of wine. <laughs> and every night, a bunch of us would be yeah. on house party just drinking wine. Yeah. And this was every night because you're like, what are we What are we doing? Yeah. You got to have interaction. You got to enjoy yourself. And these things that you don't let yourself do, forgive yourself. Yeah. For, for for going out of your schedule because in this industry you build a schedule to not feel like you're in a chaos mode yeah and we got a time to throw it away yeah and then feel no guilt for for these these for drinking or eating more or gaining some weight I gained so, so much weight did I. oh my I, god <laughs> what were you eating like because I discovered that cause <laughs> Okay, I eat a lot of pizza, and I just I discovered this place. Oh my god, sponsor my podcast, Pizza Garden <laughs> at UBC makes a cauliflower mm. based pizza, and you and you can like build your own. You know, Mari likes one that's like mushrooms and like yeah. white sauce. I just like I it's the cauliflower with like you know mashed yeah. potatoes and what I just I love it. They're out at UBC, and there's a Main Street location as well, I think. Yeah. Um, but then I discovered that Cobb's delivers, and so while everybody oh. else was baking their sourdough, I would order like fresh baked. Cobb sourdough. Yeah. And I think their like starter is like a hundred years old. It's amazing. And I would order like chocolate croissants, fresh baked from Skip the Dishes. Amazing. And the most extravagant thing yeah. that I ordered from Skip the Dishes over the pandemic was um a couple of blizzards and dilly bars from Dairy Queen. Wow. Yeah. So, so tell, tell me your COVID. Or Man, I, I can't. <laughs> We're talking eat, big feelings and eating feelings. I can't feelings. eat too much dairy. Hey, big feelings, you eat those feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I can't maybe eat if you're too a, much maybe dairy Maybe Indian thing. Yeah. But like we eat our feelings. Oh, yeah. I was built to, that's me growing up. It's all I did. Um, but every Friday night, we'd also have a Zoom movie night. Howie Lie on there. Shout out. Um, where we'd watch movies. Wait, did Howie, Howie curate it? Richard, uh, Adil, yeah. a, a Liam, Anthony, a couple of friends of ours. People would pop in time to time. Yeah. Um, Rhiannon was there. We would uh, get food based on the movie that we were watching. Example. Example, we're, we're watching... Um, this is... A, say we were watching a, a, a foreign film, a Chinese foreign film. We'd get Chinese food. Yeah. You know, same that way. also works if you're watching Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. which like we watch 
every couple of months, and we always yeah. order from a Peaceful Restaurant. We yeah. we also watched. <laughs> I made them watch. Um, Kuch kuch hota hai. <laughs> And we got Indian food. And yeah. you got Indian food. I, That's yeah. amazing. It was amazing. So we would sit there, and every Friday night, we would sit there, watch a movie, and order a food that was based in that movie. And we'd all decided together, and it was so much fun. Oh, that's so good. Um, and eat. Yeah. And I have never eaten this much probably for 10 years yeah. that I did for four months. And not moving as And much not either. moving. Yeah. And I found working out at home wasn't doing, <laughs> it was not doing the job. I was, I, I, I just didn't like it. And then yeah. I discovered that I actually could play Animal Crossing while being on the bicycle, oh. so, uh, the exercise. Uh, so that's like what I, what I would do. Uh, yeah. Listen to podcasts. That's actually smart. Play Animal Crossing because I, I benefit from working out a great deal. Yeah. I just hate sweating and moving <laughs> and like our people do not like naturally go hiking or yes. camping we go on walks yeah we go on walks yeah, yeah. just like slow walks yeah yeah in order to <laughs> in order to go to the gym and all that stuff i had to like i had to basically change everything about my entire life yeah. to make it a make it a consistent thing <laughs> yeah. years ago cuz we want to eat yeah we want to eat and sit we're supposed to yeah it, and it is it's good to it's good to do that so um oh Sorry, I just yeah, re-looked yeah. at my script. I'm like, this is such a great question that mm. I came up with. So what has the pandemic taught you about your art? Your art. My, uh, how much I love it. Yeah. How much I miss it. How much How much it is an art. Uh, there is a. There are so many times, and this is going to happen back and forth to me, where it becomes a situation where it's like, okay, this is a job. You yeah. know, I have an audition today. Oh, man, I've got 600 things to do. Yeah. I now get a script or something. And I am so amped to sit there and work on it. It's all I want to do. Yeah. It reaffirms so many things because a lot of the stuff that I think disheartens people from their art is everything that doesn't have to do with the art. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. I mean, you say you don't walk around with a hammer all day, but you sure hit the nail on the <laughs> head with that one. Right? People stop doing their art not because of anything to do with the actual thing yeah. that they love to do. And I just want to do We're that. We're talking business decisions yeah. and and casting decisions. All and this stuff. Yeah. You know? And I, I, I'm a weird actor. Yes. I think I'm a weird... Sorry. No, 100%. <laughs> it's because I like you so much. I'm I, weird too. I do, I do weird things. Um, because that's what I would prefer to do, and it's just so... Um, what do you mean? I don't actually understand what you mean. Like, you, what do you mean? You make weird choices as I an Kind actor? of. It's just more like I, if I have an instinct for something, I just want to do that. Yeah. You know? Uh, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't work out. Um, but that's just... I, I got into this industry only for fun. There is a business aspect to it, and that's beautiful, and that's why I have a fantastic agent and manager. That's why I have Deb Dillstone. Deb Dillstone. Deb Dillstone, best... Yeah, you're, if you're with her, you're with the not just a great agent, but the best human on the planet. Oh, she's gonna be so happy that we're talking. I didn't tell her. Oh man. Oh, she, I'm I'm not gonna tell her. Yeah. I'm just gonna release the episode. When she <laughs> sent me, hey, uh, Sabrina would like to do a podcast <laughs> with you. She's the best human. She's awesome. You're going to love her. <gasps> and if she gives you that, if Deb gives a cosign like that, you're in. Wow. Yeah. There's no. I'm like oh. For and sure. she said very similar things about you. Oh, she's the best. Can you please like I'm talking to Deb right now. Yeah. One day. Please consider coming in here and talking with I me. I want her to, too. I said that to her, yeah. too. A lot of people have, I mean, you know, Mike Yackland. Yeah. You know, they're, 
they adore each other. You know, he he credits her yeah. with the career that he has. Yep. You know, and and the human being that he is. And she I just she works for people in a way that comes straight from the heart. And I, and again, with this industry, yeah, a lot of things they get ruined by things outside the industry. Having an agent that works from their heart like that for you makes it makes you want to do it even more. Yeah. Um. And I I just I you just feel hashtag blessed. Oh my God! Uh, but she, she again, like she has so many people that are, are so successful and great, and yet she doesn't want to sit and talk about herself because that's just the type of person she is. Yeah. But it doesn't mean we don't want to hear it, Deb. Yeah, Deb. Yeah, Deb. Sorry, you're talking about being weird. Oh yeah, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> like I just I've had to learn over time that I have to uh, curtail a lot of the um, ideas that I have initially for realism, and that's fun. Mm. That's that's just a fun adjustment to make, um, because I, yeah, I think initially I was built to do comedy. I have a I have a kind of an energy and a speed the way that I speak for comedy. Yeah, and I've had to very much learn how to do the opposite, um, and that's just fun. It's fun to like chip away at yourself and learn new things. I'd love and learn to see how you to do comedy. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I you know I've done it before, and it's some of the most fun best work I do. You know, yeah. I love improving. I love doing all that stuff. Um, but it's uh, the whole point is to have a full rounded kind of artistic repertoire and uh it was really important i think for me to do this show yeah uh, for myself because i'm playing somebody that's so opposite energy of me yeah and i've kind of molded into a kind of a mixture of us two. Oh, that's rad yeah okay i um, i was gonna wait to talk about um the hundred but while we're here, mm-hmm. while we're here, and you're drinking your my your body energy body club, energy what club. was that? That was a keto vanilla smoothie. Mm-hmm. I'm on the keto thing because of the pandemic. Wait, I'm trying to lose it a little bit. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I'm sure if uh, if my aunties saw you, they would be like, "You really need to eat something." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, there's a lot that I want to talk about. Although we did talk about a bunch of this last time that you were yeah. here, because we knew we knew at that point that we would be saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I did reference before is that in season seven, friend of the podcast and my friend, not just of the podcast, yeah. Lee Majdub, uh portrayed Nelson, a character. I don't know if you know this, Sachin. Yeah. <laughs> a character whose birth name was Sachin. Um, not a name we often see in North American Man. film and television. So what, did, I mean, I'm assuming you had something to do with this. I, I You know what? I'm I, not saying that you asked, but you must have inspired it in some way. Like, what did they, this mean to you? It meant everything. It meant everything for, like, it's such a layered thing. For seemingly, I think, for most people, having their character, uh, their name be a character on the show would be like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I should probably act like that, but I don't act cool at all. That's not my (laughs) M.O. whatsoever. Um, And that's... (laughs) But it was so awesome because I, growing up, never thought I'd see Suchin, the name Suchin, on American television. Have you ever gone to, like... I don't know, like Niagara Falls or, you know, various places where you can get your name, name on like tag. a license plate and thing. Never. I never, would never. Ever. And I would never, you know what? And to the point where it wasn't a sad thing, I was just, that's my, that's, that's just the way it is. You and that's cool. It. Yeah. That's, a, you, that's an accepting thing. I've accepted that I will never see my name anywhere <laughs> unless I go to India. Yeah. Uh, and to have them do that. Um, working with some amazing people that I've gotten to work with that, you know, we've built such a, a, a great relationship over time because they're such a good humans. Um, to have them do that was just such a, 
an honor. When did you find out? The episode, when it came out for us to read. They didn't tell me. They made me read it and flip out and fall on the ground and call them and be like, guys, what? And they're like, yep. And it was just so beautiful that, uh, yeah, you just, you're, my name is Sachin. I'm Indian. I, I'm, I'm on television and I think, you know, a lot of times in this industry because of that, you're told who you are. Yeah. You know, um, you're, you're, you kind of get, like we talked about being disheartened by things. I love acting. I love doing it so much. But when you go out for the same role 15 times in a row, the 15th time you're working on it and you, there's something missing from the work on it. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, the, I've been lucky now and especially since being with Deb that she's found a breadth and, and fought for so many different um, auditions and stuff for me. I've been so lucky. Um, but I remember a time in my career where there was a time where I was like, oh, man, again, again. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad for younger actors that that happens to and stuff. Um, but hearing, you know, my name on that show and have have uh, Lee uh, be bestowed it is such an honor. How do you think you did it with your name? Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. He made sure everybody <laughs> said it right. He made sure. Um, we had that discussion because, you know, we know a lot of people would say it incorrectly. Yeah. And even actually what's great is even uh, the creator and a lot of the writers and directors that I know all are so adamant about saying my name correctly. Jason has always said Suchin from day one and he's corrected people. Yeah. In front of me because, oh, his name is Suchin. Um, and, and so on the day they all messaged me saying, hey, we're going to make sure that they say Suchin. And like stuff like that is like, what? Where am I? What did I do to be in this position? And I just feel so honored, and and I, I gush and I get touched by things <laughs> very, uh, very easily. But that one to me is something I will never forget. You know what I find amazing about that? Like, and this might like this is kind of leading me to something else, um, which which is kind of tying into all you know, all, like the fact that we are in the middle of a social justice revolution right yeah. now. But I like it also feels like a, um, an act of allyship. You know that the fact that they did make that effort yes. to you know like it wasn't just like oh we're gonna like you know we love Sachin so we're gonna yeah. name a character like it was like it, it is like one of the th one of the many many things that you know productions can do to the you know be part of, of disman dismantling white supremacy in the film industry yes. and you know like is it like do they you do see this that constantly well? on this show yeah they think about how many television shows. Have you ever seen, and this is a little bit of a spoiler for you, a small one, oh, that you see a black man and an Indian man in a relationship on a television show? When does that happen? And not only that, <gasps> have a conversation with each other about their feelings, emotional, and emotional um, reservoirs and vulnerability in bed together. How often ever have you seen this? Little spoiler or the most amazing spoiler ever? <laughs> and like I just to me that's just such a a beautiful thing and yeah. I, I I the show constantly tries to do stuff like that and and because what we that, see on TV is important it's important so people when they grow up when suchins grow up and they hear the name suchin on television they think oh my god I can do that yeah they don't think that mm, I, maybe that's not for me because I don't see anybody like me there I'm watching I'm watching shows like Lovecraft Country now and Ugh, and we watched Watchmen where you see these amazingly 
talented black actors in these amazing stories because the story and the writing matters. That's how you put people over. That's how yeah. people get represented when it's an actual story and people are like, oh my God, that's my hero. Yeah. And I see myself in that hero. And when you look at it, you're like, yes. We're, th this new generation is coming up and being like, oh, I can do that. That's going to be me. That yeah. is unbelievable. And we're going to get an influx of some of the most talented, kind, beautiful powerhouses yeah. in this industry. It makes me sad, uh, however, because um, <laughs> I'm just like the, the Debbie Downer over here, to think about the careers that were not able to proceed uh, beyond a certain point, you know, in the decades past of the film and TV yeah. industry, you know, because, you know, because they were black or mm -hmm. brown or indigenous and the people who were making the shows who were in the writer's room, because we talk about how it's about stories or who yeah. were financing things, um, could not ever see beyond, you know, stereotypes, right? And so yeah. they would only have a certain number of yeah. roles. Like I even remember back, back in the day watching like, uh, Young and the Restless. Yeah. And it was like, the black family on there were amazing, the Winters family um, and the Hastings family, but they could only ever be with each other. Yeah. You know, they were islanded, right? And and that just fucking sucked because it was like, we could only have a certain number of, of black people on the show, you know, and totally. they could only really interact with and have romantic relationships and with each other. And that's why now when these conversations are happening, like th not just happening, when these conversations are being yelled at finally because it has to be yelled because yeah. it's been going on for too long. Our job is to make sure that the next generation doesn't have the same conversation. Yeah. And I know so many generations before this have said that, but something different's happening now, wherein enough people have a platform. We talk about a lot of the negatives of social media. There are so many positives, and that's why it's important, is that it gives so many people a platform to talk about the injustices that are happening yeah. and to make change, and changes are actively happening now. We just saw the Emmys... So many active changes are happening now, yeah. and it's just like, okay, okay, okay. If we keep pushing, if we keep pushing, I, you know, it would be great if it happens for our generation. If it doesn't, we are going to make sure the next generation is flush. Yeah. I want them to, I want them to walk into every room and know that they are up for every number one on every show mm. and know that they have a probability of getting it. Yeah. As opposed to walking in and, you know, having to know that you have to be 150 times better than anybody. Yeah. Um, they should walk in and know they have to be as good as they are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you did say such and means truth, and I'm hearing it now. Um, I, I'm going to save my other questions about the 100 until the very end sure. of this episode. So if you were, you want to hear more about that, uh, including uh, Suchin's, uh final message for fans um, as we are at at the penultimate episode uh, you stick around for that but you know we I mean we're now uh, we are talking about social justice um, and for the record black lives matter black kids matter black women matter black artists matter black trans lives matter all of that all, all of it all black lives matter black lives matter um I uh, and I know that you've been speaking out yeah. 
sometimes delightfully aggressively, um, on social media in support of black lives, uh, in the aftermaths of the murders of George Floyd, Hamid Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and honestly, generations of of black people. Um, We are ourselves non-black people of color. We are brown people who are part of what's often referred to, you know, Asians are often considered the model minority. and that's, not an, expect- that's an, an intentional perception. Intentional, yes. Um, our status as a model minority is built on the oppression of black people. Yep. Um, and I'm not expecting you, although your name is Truth, uh, to have all the answers. But what, what do you think that we as brown people can do to effectively ally with black people as they fight for their lives and as we fight for their lives. You're 100% correct that I don't have all the answers and the whole reason why I'm so vocal about it is because I have learned stuff that I felt like I should have known for years because I feel like our I feel like our black communities have been telling us things for years through books, movies, music everything and we took it as just well and they've been singing it in the streets they've been singing it on the everywhere on bridges and but the places that we would absorb that information as kids Mm. I would hear it hip hop all of it all of it different world we knew (laughs) Family Matters Fresh Prince episodes we were hearing this stuff and saw it and we said man this is awful yeah I did not know the depths of which it was until I started reading more books uh, knowledge podcasts doing everything I can to become as educated and there's still I learn so much more yeah. every day capitalizing the B when you say black I'm learning so much more every day about the oppression so while I we always talk about how you know Indians do have it rough blah 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 people are dying yeah. there's a there whatever issues we have they're issues for sure do yeah. not get me wrong but there are people being killed and that takes precedence over I think everything and so the more that you learn right now the more you realize that it's time to stand up because uh, when they win everybody wins when equality wins everybody wins because that's what it's all about when we talk about when we talk about uh, feminism when we talk about black lives matter when we talk about all this stuff this is all equality yeah this is this is not somebody being above anybody else which people are taking it as it's about you have to scream loud for the marginalized group to get them to a place of equality that's yeah. the point I think I mean and frankly we are we continue to exist in an, an age where White supremacy is a real thing. I mean, there is so much pushback right now, and it might just be the dying embers, you know, of of a a white supremacist insurgency that happens to also have their their claws on, you know, the highest body of office in in of government office in the states. It's such a. It's a. I I thought it was a. Burning embers too initially, and I realize now that it's a blazing fire that's been blazing, yeah. and we just didn't see it because it was shrouded by some trees. Yeah, we didn't see this fire. Well, they're definitely more. Um, I think people are becoming increasingly radicalized yeah. as well yes. uh, on the white supremacist side, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are people who are. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's like all of this, like you know, yeah. pandemic bullshit too. Like yeah. there are people are. They want to blame, you know, yeah. the, uh, 
people that they don't consider human, yeah. you know, for all of their woes, you yeah. know, and, and hate is, I can't imagine living in a position of hate, yes. you know, but like, that's how I know that their side is wrong. Yeah. Because it's all about it's hate. It's all about hate and power yeah. and control. And you asked me how I think, because again, I don't have all the answers. And if I say something wrong here, I want somebody to tell me so I can learn. I'm not a guy that, that ever hates hearing something that I was wrong about. Um, I mean, we're just trying to figure this out. Totally. You know, to have one of these conversations that are, they're hard to have, but we need to have them. Yeah. Just the main things is educate yourself as much as possible. Don't ask your black friends to educate you. Mm, It's not their job. It's not their job. They have enough to deal with. It's your job to go out there because there's enough literature. There are enough podcasts. There's enough stuff online that you can read to learn as much you can about it so that you can be uh, intelligently vocal, intelligent enough to even want to learn more. There was a time where years ago, I didn't understand properly what cultural appropriation was. Mm. And I was in such a weird position. I had a conversation with somebody online being like, no, no, it's cool. Because in Indian culture, I thought it was cool. To be like, oh, have somebody wear a bindi at, at a wedding or something yeah. if they're a Gwen white. Stefani. Exactly. Yeah. But now you start realizing all this stuff a couple years ago, and I'm like, oh, okay, there is a deeper message here that I wasn't getting. I was wrong. Yeah. My co- my our culture is not a costume. It's not a costume. You know, and it's yeah. there is a difference, in my humble opinion, between. Um, you know, wearing a beautiful savar kameez, you know, to your Indian friend's wedding, you know, versus uh, dressing up, you know, as one of the Shiva or something for Halloween. Yes. You know, there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. difference. And there's a difference when your friends, you know, when you're coming to an Indian wedding and your friends dress you up in a sari and, and want you to be a part of the event. Yeah, that happens a lot at weddings. Where oh, like, and we know, lo- we love it. We love it, you know. And that was my <laughs> perception of it. But I realized that that's not something that can be taken out a hundred percent into the world twenty four seven because yeah. it's it's something that I think is taken too far. Yeah, I mean, well, even look at um at you know uh, one of the most discriminated against groups in North America are Indigenous people. Yes. You know, and um, murdered and missing Indigenous women. You know, um, I mean, they well, they Indigenous women go get murdered and go missing at a higher rate than any other yeah. population. You know, so there is so much hatred and and so much just violence, and yet you know. Um, People think nothing, a lot yeah. of people think nothing of, you know, wearing a headdress to Coachella, yeah. you know, or, or dressing up as, um, you know, traditional Indian princess for Halloween. Totally. And it's like, no. No. You don't no, get you to can't. do and that. You, but you know what? I think it's important. What I think is more, more, more important than anything is people that did it 20 years ago to let, if they've learned different now, let's move on. Yeah. Let that person live because 20 years ago, honestly, such in people in this in this world i mean there are certain things that if you had 20 years ago and they are deplorable get out of here yeah okay but stuff like that it's if this person has learned recently or even a couple years back the reality and the truth of what they should do let's let people learn a little bit yeah i mean Only, the information is out there these discussions there happen every if you do Halloween. it now you have no excuse yeah if you do it if you've done it the last couple of years honestly you you you're doing it willfully. You're, you're doing yourself. Uh, you're not doing yourself any favors. Yeah. Um, 
and and honestly, you should be called out for it so that you can learn. Yeah, and frankly, I uh, just wanted to indicate that when I said traditional Indian princess, um, I was doing air quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I'll, I'll uh, let them know about your yeah. air quotes next yeah. time. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, there's just so much to unpack and there's so much to be... <laughs> There is so much to be wrong about that it is important more than anything. Uh, and I've learned because I talk so much. Yes, he does. But we To like listen. It. To just listen when I'm wrong because I'm going to be during this process. Yeah. And you all, everybody's going to be a little wrong. And it's your job to then address that wrong to yourself, adjust, and then move forward from there. Yeah. And, and fi- figure out the ways that you can do, do right. Yes. Do the right thing. Yeah. Um, I did not intentionally say do the right thing, uh, although fantastic film. Uh, everybody should watch it. Okay. Um, oh, oh, let me look through the questions here. I am really trying to keep more to my script than last time, you know, my pre-prepared questions. Um, oh, oh, uh, we haven't talked about family law. So, oh, okay. So you have been back yeah. to set yes. uh, since the COVID, capital T, capital C. Uh, and it was uh, t- uh, to the highly anticipated uh, family law yeah. show, show ran, show run, show runnered by Susan Nielsen. Who is? I love her so oh much. Oh my God. Her brain is so exciting to me. So let's first talk about um, the experience of going back on a set and yeah. how it was different now that we are in the capital T, capital C, the COVID. And then also I want to hear about like just how fucking awesome Man, it was to be on so Susan's show. about that show. And go. Okay. I show up the first day for wardrobe. They check my temperature, mask on. Six feet away from everybody during wardrobe. Everybody's adjusted. Nobody's coming close to each other. We watch, we take take pictures of what I'm wearing. I leave. Yeah. I come to set, mask on. Um, just as this is all the COVID stuff, I'll get to the show after. You, I got nasal swabbed immediately when I came to set. You got nasal, nasal swabbed? Nasal swabbed. They nasal swab everybody on the show. Wow, how'd everybody's that feel? Got, it was it, it was fine. They can do it now where it's just like the tip of the nose as opposed to it being jutted. And they realized oh, so you didn't get your brain tickled? Didn't get the brain tickled because they realized now that you didn't need to do that. Oh. Aww. Which is great. All those people have these like weird experiences. Yeah. Oh, Very great strange. videos though. Thank you for those videos. Yeah, um, yeah we okay. had a doctor there that did that. Everybody's wearing a mask all the time uh, unless you're cast when you take it off, obviously when you're acting. Yeah. Um, so cast was, you know, in their little cast bubble for the most time and mm. then... Um, you put on masks if everybody is coming to do touches on you or anything like that. So it was so safe. I, I was like, oh, this is unbelievable. If this is how it's run right now, yeah. I'm feeling pretty good because um, if there's ever a, a, a somebody gets COVID on set, they'll shut her down and they'll realize and do something. I yeah. believe there's time off and then everybody gets tested. Um, they have protocols in place for that. And I haven't heard of any sets getting shut down. Yeah. I've heard of schools that only opened a couple of weeks ago, yeah. you know, having COVID, you know, show up, you know, in the classroom. I'm talking about specifically at British Columbia, but yeah. our sets are so safe right so now. So safe. And, so they're good. And, and did it affect, like how, in, like, how at all did it affect the art? Not an iota. Um, not at all because when you you know uh, I think what happens before action and after action a lot of the times you know don't really affect action uh, unless if you're prepared it shouldn't yeah you know and everybody was and the best thing about that is every single person on that show ridiculously prepared ridiculously amazing besides the COVID protocols this show from the moment you get to set 
to the moment you leave, every single person you ever come in contact with, because I believe they have a policy of having a great set, mm. is so perfect. Jewel, who was one of my friends beforehand. Jewel State. Like an absolute legend of a number one. Just is the best. Zach, Victor Garber, Janelle. Victor Garber. I'm so excited about it. Oh, meeting him is the best. And he's one of the greatest humans. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I, I could not believe um, the set that they have running over there. What a mecca of joy it is to work on that show. Um, it, it, there's nothing else to say besides I hope every actor in the city gets to work on that set because you'll never have a more fulfilling experience. Yeah. Being able to do your art. And, and not have to think about anything else because you're just having a good time with everybody. Amazing. Showing people videos, hanging out, reading people, take their time to do what they need. Yeah. If you need yourself to focus five seconds before a scene, you don't like five minutes before a scene because it's a heavy one. You don't have to tell anybody. Everybody's just aware. Yeah. Because they're just, people are so cognizant of other people const constantly. It was so special. And I, I will remember that time forever. So the set that they have running over there is... Um, it's a, a, I guess a best way to put it is a mecca of art and joy. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I will say uh, that too, because uh, we, we have heard a little bit, because we had Linda Boyd in here as well, and she was talking that she plays an Ann Coulter type character yeah. as well in, in her... Uh, in her appearance, I'm not sure if it's, uh, I think it's one episode, could be multiple, um, but you know, she said like similar, similar things. So I, I promise my listeners... <laughs> That we are going to dedicate uh, a, a goodly amount of time um, to uh, pursuing the family law yes. uh, creators and stars. Watch family yeah. law when it comes out. <laughs> when Watch it comes it. out. It's actually not only that, one of the best written shows I've read in terms of um, the reality of what they're trying to represent to people. Yeah, and, and who are you? Are you allowed to say? I'm probably not going to say the character, but it was so much fun because I played a guy. Was his who, name Lee? His name Much was, <laughs> Can you imagine? It was uh, Ajay Badu. Ah, Ajay um, Badu. Yeah. But I got to play a guy who might not be the nicest guy. Oh. So that was fun for me to kind of stretch my uh, muscles because it's been years, if not ever. I think on TV I've played a guy like this. Ooh. 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 Yeah. So that's going to be uh, fun to watch, if not shocking. I'm shocked already. <laughs> I can wanna see play, your face. Want to play Favorite Things? I would love to play favorite Okay, things. so um, I have a very lengthy um, set of instructions yeah. uh, for favorite things. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you a question yeah. about what your favorite thing is, okay. of the th and you tell me what your favorite thing is of the thing. Favorite thing is of the thing when you ask me what the favorite thing is of yes. the thing. Yes. Okay. Um, I had an original set of questions that were developed by my nine-year-old, uh, <laughs> but then like people could prepare, Yeah. so we've switched it up, both with input from Mari and also um, from Twitter. Got it. Uh, and then I might ask some stuff in These a moment. These are a few of my favorite things. Exactly. Oh, I was gonna, oh, oh sorry. I gotta cut and paste this thing because I was gonna sing my last question. Um, <laughs> I just want to make sure I don't forget. Um, thank you. While I, while I do this, uh, <laughs> clearly I have a, a very... Uh, she has the biggest smile on her face right now. Yeah, I'm so happy because I'm, like, I'm like producing. I'm like, oh my God. I'm unnerved by it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite part of the show um, because... I mean, I give the instruction, you got to answer yeah. from your gut. And the panic of some people yeah. is amazing. Nah, I like truth. Let's do it. Okay. Such a challenge accepted. <laughs> All right. Favorite things. 
favorite locally shot series that you have not appeared on? <laughs> so many. Um, so many casting people. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the ones that I were on have now ended. Yeah. You know, we, we've come through a, a recycle. Um, probably just because I'm a big Superman fan, Superman and Lois. It just started. Um, so I'm excited to do that. I got to shake Tyler Hoechlin's hand as Superman when he came in in Supergirl, being like, it's an honor, sir. So it's just a, I mean, it's a natural trajectory that I... For you, especially because wasn't your first on-screen yep. per- performance? It, like the One final the, episodes. Yeah. Fi- the second last word on that show ever was me turning him into Superman. I, and I, I, I over-hype <laughs> <I> over <laughs> that <laughs> so hardcore. I run in and I say one line and he says, tell the minister I'll be late. And he goes and turns into Superman. But I did get to act over the John <laughs> Williams Superman theme, wow. which to me was, I, I still haven't topped it. No, no, no shade to the hundred. I love it so much. But come on, John Williams get out of here yeah um, and Superman and Superman I turned him into Superman and then I shook his hand when he first showed up on Supergirl yeah. so like I have all these Superman moments it's just a natural trajectory that I I just love that show. you're the first person um, who has said that their favorite locally shot series that you haven't been on is one that I don't think has even aired yet <laughs> so uh, yeah. that's some real truth right there okay favorite screen partner I know I'm so mean. That is super mean. Favorite screen partner. Because you have go- to judge like who you like to act with versus like your friendships. And I'm go- I'm going to say um, somebody that because I've learned from her the most, and she didn't even know I was just watching and processing everything she's done. And now that it's over, I have the time to walk away and take everything that I've learned from her because at the time I don't think I really um, did. But Adina Adina Porter, mm. who plays Indra on the show. For years, I I watched her on so many different things, and it was so hard to not be in front of her and act like I revere her. You know, she's a peer, yeah. but I do. And I've made her aware of that at the end of the show, um, just so she was aware of... You were tweeting about her yesterday. I, I, she, was, she was talking about Bhagavad Gita. Oh, come on. I have, to actively, <laughs> I have to actively stop myself every week not tweeting about everything she does, yeah. because uh, to me, she's um, one of the most talented actors out there who doesn't who doesn't ever flex that yeah except when she's acting she's a beautiful human on top of that and the way that she runs her life in the industry is exactly how i think i want to do it she goes to work shows up has a great time with everybody crushes it and goes home and that's the art to me it's not about anything else you know yeah i've been thinking about getting off of social media and all this stuff just because i feel like sometimes it can take away from the art yeah you know um who knows if i will do it i don't want to do it right now with the election happening and all that stuff because i would like to just um be as vocal as i can about that right now which is my sole focus besides the ending of the hundred um but Adina porter every scene i was in with her i just was watching yeah okay i'll accept that answer (laughs) long truth see i talk a lot favorite karaoke song roses outcast Caroline. Yes. See, Caroline. All the guys would say she's mighty fine. And then you get that great, like, rap verse yeah. in the middle. Well, she got the hottest body, but her attitude is naughty. When I met her at a party, she was hardly acting naughty. That. Yes! Yeah. Oh, I miss karaoke so much. Oh, so much. Well, we're doing it right now. What's well, your favorite karaoke song? Oh, um, strumming my pain oh. with his fingers. Oh, I have that on vinyl. Give it to me. Oh, the, oh even keep more? Going, keep going, please. 
singing his life with his words killing me softly with his song killing me softly with his song telling my whole life with his words killing me softly with his song Okay, so here's wow. the thing, though. The, I fell Wait in love. Wait a second. Yeah. Come on. Let's just clap that out. I accept the clapping. Wow. Um, I My Sabrina. favorite version is... Uh, is the Roberta Flack version? Yeah, which I and that's the one I I grew up singing. So, but so and I like I, so um, I will always choose the Roberta Flack version to yeah. sing at karaoke. But people will always bring the you know one time, yeah. one, one time, time. <laughs> one time, two time. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's that Fuji, so good. That Fuji's album. People don't know that's from the Fuji's album. They yeah. think it's Lauren Hill, which it is. Of course, she's the the most she's she's just a walking soul to me yeah um but that album i have it on vinyl it because i think to this day if somebody asked me what's your favorite album i think it's fuji's (laughs) the score yeah so if you're gonna ask me favorites i'm gonna answer that that and or (laughs) the guardians of the galaxy soundtrack yes (laughs) actually that lauren hill um the Lauren Hill, the Fugees. The I love the video, yeah. you know, for that song, even though it doesn't like really match the song. But you know, they're like in the movie theater and yeah. stuff. And I just, I was like, I always want to go to that movie theater. So good. Um, oh, and I miss karaoke a lot. Like it's one yeah. of the most unsafe activities we can do right yeah. now. Um, and I used to go to this place called Fantasy City on Robson, yeah. where you could get like a private room and order fried food, and we would spend like three or four hours. That it's like my amazing. such an amazing endorphin. Well, we activity. had a little little snippet of it today. Yeah, a little. Yeah. I could do a whole. I should do like a, I don't know like a par- do a karaoke, karaoke podcast. podcast. <laughs> well, what is that? Wow. Like, what is that? We'd have to figure out what it is. Just every, every time you get somebody new in here. Have them sing a song, their favorite song in karaoke, yeah. and then paste them together at the end of their episode. I love it. Uh, tra- we're copywriting and trademarking that idea right now. Done. Um, okay. Favorite junk food? Castiochi. Sorry. Um, Castiochi! Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. We just jump. But Castiochi. Trademark, trademark, trademark. Yeah. Copyright mine. Copyright. She's got it. <laughs> um, A production of Fishlight Entertainment's Wyvera Screen Scene. Castiochi. Castiochi. I fucking love that. That's yeah. great. Uh, favorite. You said favorite junk food? Favorite junk food. Favorite junk food. Dairy Queen Blizzard. Because I shouldn't have it at all. I am dead for a week afterwards. Like, just go. Which flavor? So, every flavor I get of ice cream, inevitably, if I'm making it together, whether it be a Menchies or anything tastes exactly the same. It is double stuffed cookie dough. Yes, sir. Double Reese peanut butter cups. Yeah. In a blizzard. Yeah. A large blizzard. I sit there and eat it for the next week. I <laughs> can't tell you what my body is going through. I I understand. If I have if I have a scene on camera for a week afterwards, I looked like somebody's punched me in the face yeah and my stomach is distended for as you get older that's what happens if you don't know when you get older if you eat something you don't like your entire body bloats no it's and it's often something you really like yes that doesn't like you yeah you're because your body is like ooh, i haven't had that in so long you have to make a choice you make a choice you make yeah. a choice so during the pandemic 
I was Bloaty McBloaderson. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I'm going to live with this discomfort because yeah. I like fried cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that. There are some plant-based um, digestive enzymes that I do take, but they don't work that well. It helps like one symptom <laughs> yeah. of the 45 symptoms you get. Like my, like I'll take the lactate, you know, and maybe yeah. my uh, my poops might be a little better, <laughs> yeah. but man, my eyes turn black. I get bloated. It's the weirdest reaction. My body hates dairy, of course, as long like as people the, you're like the Hulk, like, but you're like instead of like getting big and strong, like when your body your body gets angry, yes. you just like like feel just hideous. You don't want to see me when yeah. I'm bloated. <laughs> That's my secret. I'm always bloated. Favorite thing to eat at craft services <laughs> in the before times or the COVID times? Always, always, uh, almond butter with a little bit of stevia sprinkled into it. Mm. And I mix a little bit of those uh, chocolate chips, and I blend them together. Because I cho- craft services, I don't eat the donuts, I don't eat all that stuff. Because oh, so oh, I'm sorry, almond butter, almond butter, little bit, little bit little of bit, stevia, maybe some coconut milk yeah. in there. Oh, that's so nice. And then some. It's like a little dark little chocolate chips. Dark chocolate chips. <gasps> that's so nice. Nice, a little bit healthy, straight up keto. Yeah. And I feel like I'm eating breakfast cereal, which is my favorite thing. That's so actually, nice. actually. You know what? If we're talking about. Uh, junkety junk food? Junkety junk food. Yeah. That and Reese Reese Puffs. Yeah. <gasps> I, I am a fan of Reese. I did discover a company, though, called Dwarf Stars. What? And they, they're in Calgary, and they make um, their version of, um, like, the Reese Peanut Butter Cup, but they make it with, um, so it's with dark chocolate and um, I think it's pumpkin seed <gasps> butter. Pumpkin anything. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's so much better yeah. than a re- I'm not kidding. Yeah. Because you can also eat it. I think it is keto friendly. Um, Send me that afterward. I here. will. Yeah. Dwarf stuff. And it also Dwarf has star. the coolest name. That and they a- have a really fun Instagram account. Um, and I'm I'm that person who will, like, I buy it. I'm, I'm saying it near my phone, but I buy, like, everything that I see on Instagram. Like, yeah. it's so cool. Yeah. I and, know. It, it, and the food stuff, though. Those Instagram ads. Yeah. I also me. got yeah I got um because uh, I, I I love Nutella I can't eat Nutella um, and another company that I think it's called like Healthy Crunch or something yeah it's not crunchy though but they have um a dark chocolate uh, pumpkin seed butter Ooh. that I will just have a little spoonful of it's so rad or you get a piece of um like seventy percent dark chocolate and then scoop it yeah, in scoop and the scoop is important the scoop is important yeah. okay favorite supervillain. I can't believe this is the hardest one. It's because there are so many. Yeah. There is a plethora of amazing villains out there. Wow, you've used both penultimate and plethora, two of my favorite words. Peas, they got it going yeah. on. Um, I really like uh, Dark Side. Mm. Only because... <sighs> such an... I'm going to go on a tangent again. Dark Side, there is this Superman comic called for the man who has everything a supergirl did an episode for the girl or for the woman who has everything i can't remember um but dark side first of all he's just this he's superman's one of his biggest villains but yeah. this one episode because i knew it was gonna be a superman it always <laughs> <has to be. laughs> he gives him 
Batman and Wonder Woman for Superman's birthday show up to the Forces of Solitude. I'm going to talk really fast so I can get this really quickly. They show up there and all of a sudden there's an alien thing on Superman. They don't realize what it is. Then Darkseid shows up, starts beating them up, and he tells them, I put the Black Mercy on him. The Black Mercy is a alien that feeds on you. But basically while it's feeding on you to make sure that you don't struggle or anything, it gives you your heart's desire. Which is, and Darkseid just laughing the whole time. He's like, ugh just la- and the way he does this 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 comic and then this actual episode of Justice League Unlimited which is one of the best it's 20 minutes I highly recommend it yeah um Superman was on it, it showed what he was thinking of he was on Krypton oh. with Lois with his son Jor-El was still alive he was having the best life and then Batman and Wonder Woman were getting their beat because Darkseid can only be beaten by Superman he's a yeah. badass and they were like Clark you have to, we need you, Clark. She's going to die, Clark. If you don't get out of this, she's going to die. And then you, in his world, things are shaking the whole episode. He doesn't understand why. And then all of a sudden, he has to say goodbye to his son and to Lois. Because he feels that this is what's happening. He's like, I don't just, I don't think you're real. And then he got out of it. He ripped off the Black Mercy. And I've never seen him mad. Mm. He's like, you don't know what you've done to me. And my favorite line, and I use this a lot in life. Darkseid was like, that must have been like tearing off your own arm. And it just showed how bad Darkseid was. He and is how very bad. Very bad, but also brilliant and strong and genius. And the only guy that I think, a lot of people think it's Lex Luthor. I think Darkseid is the scariest to villain. Um, and it's just so then awesome when Superman beats him. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people uh, who have sat in that in that seat have mentioned supervillains that they they admire yes. in some way where they can like like because for me recently it's Killmonger and for others who yeah, sat in that seat Killmonger's it's great. Magneto yeah. you know where I mean they do awful things but you see like their side they, you totally see their side and yeah. it's not the dark side so I really appreciate your uh, your okay yeah. Your answer. I'm going to ask you, I, I mean, I can see like we're going to be here for another hour if I ask you all these. So I'm going to ask you two more. Okay. Okay. Favorite Netflix binge? Favorite Netflix binge? The Hundred. No. That's it's really good. It's really good, but that's... Uh, I'm saving it for my Netflix I, binge? I don't want to see my face that much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what is on Netflix? Like everything's moved. The Office is what I've done the most. If it's still there, I've rewatched The Office six times yeah. in my life. My nine-year-old super loves The Office. It's the best during yeah. the pandemic. It just it hits everything you want in an episode of TV. It's smart. It's funny, and you can just sit down there and watch it, and not have to think. And then sometimes you do. Yeah, um, Mari got me a World's Best Boss mug uh, oh, for Christmas. So good. So. I got I got Jess Harmon uh, for her first directing episode yeah. for the hundred this year. I got her a Dundee for um, best, <laughs> best director. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Okay. And last question. Yeah. Favorite decade? The 90s. Wow. I loved the 90s. I, everything, what, when we talk about nos- all this nostalgia that's coming out um, are from 90s kids. Like yeah. I know a Karate Kid and all this stuff is doing all, but '90s kids grew up with that stuff too, as yeah. well as like that was a time in life where, like '80s was pretty great, and I grew up in the '80s. But the '90s was so special in terms of music, yeah. in terms of uh, we had we had we had pop, R and B, hip hop, the movies that came out. Oh gosh, all the summer blockbusters, all the summer were blockbusters. So rad. The, you know, Will Smith 
we had the 90s was something. Yeah. It's so weird. So you're the second person in a row because Lisa DeRue also said the 90s. Yeah. And I, th- you know, I think we're all the similar generation, but I think for me, my favorite decade is the 80s yeah. because that's when I was like a kid. Like, and I like, I really love that whole like sugary cereal, gem yeah. and the hologram, Star Wars, you know. That to me um, was the 90s. Yeah. And, and so, but for me, the 90s, I was a teenager in the yeah. 90s where, I mean, it was a really cool and confusing time yeah. to be a, a teenager, you know? Like yeah. there were big social justice shifts going on in society, yeah. um, kind of similar to what we're dealing with now. You know, and then there's also the fact that like, you're a teenager. That's a fucking hard Oh man. <laughs> can be a really hard time. And so like, I, I mean, I look back, I'm like, yeah, I love like, you know, Jurassic Park. And yeah. you know, I love like Rent came out, yeah. you know? Um, but then like, you know, I also like, I didn't like how the I X-Men felt. The cartoon, the Spider-Man cartoon. X-Men cartoon is like my favorite cartoon Da-na-na, all the time. Like we got like that time of television. I mean, I think you're probably similar. I grew up on television and movies. That's what taught me. That's what raised me. Raised me. I love you, mom and daddy. I love you, mom and daddy. A hundred percent. But TV and movies taught me my morality, taught me about everything that I want to be. And Connected us be. to the culture. Connected us to a culture and, and, and what I, you know, a lot of things I believe in are just based on super, superheroes that I love. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, again, I'm just a, a huge nerd. Um, yes, sir. As and, am I. And I just, uh, the 90s for me was such a special time for every part of a culture. Um that's why when we hear those 90s songs, we immediately get up and dance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been listening to, um, well, after I had Lisa DeRuin here, she, she got me remembering um, Belle Biv DeVoe, oh. you know, and then I, I, I kind of went back down to um, like all my favorite Janet Jackson tracks, yes. you know, from, from Rhythm Nation on, especially. Yeah. Um, okay. So I said we would return to uh, some talk about the hundred yeah. um, before I sing my final question, which is really just three words. Yeah. So, okay. So how do you, as an actor, yeah. say goodbye to this role to your colleagues, to the show? Like, how would you characterize the process of of saying goodbye? Because it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. <laughs> and that's not me singing my question. That just that was just a thing of the moment. It was an interlude. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, um, I did uh, uh, an interview a couple days ago. How dare you do sorry. other interviews? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I knew we'd be talking about something very different, so yeah. I thought, you know, it would be okay. Yeah, okay, okay. I didn't feel like I was cheating. Um, we'll revisit that. <laughs> off air. <laughs> With Deb. Because of TV, uh, uh, that it kind of exists forever, you almost don't have to. And for some reason, I've been wondering why I don't feel fully sad about it yet. Hmm. Maybe because I still talk to all my friends that I've made on the show who yeah. are some of my best friends for life that are just great humans. I still talk to a lot of the people that made the show, whether it be a crew, writers, everybody. And usually when we watch the show, we watch it and then we go back to work because the show airs immediately after we finish working. So we are for seven years, we've never had to be without it. Mm. I think if I feel any emotion, it's probably going to be after the episode airs the last one the last one yeah and then at some point a month later I'll be like oh I'm I'm bored yeah (laughs) or oh I'm working on something else and this feels this feels different hopefully fantastic 
Yeah. Um, but I haven't felt that yet. And the fans are so beautiful and interactive all the time. And you're just constantly getting all this positivity online. Yeah. That and they're feeling big emotions. Oh, they're feeling big emotions. And I love them for it. Uh, seeing, seeing the way people have... Um, connected to the show over the years like one of the most beautiful things you hear is that people watched it with their their family or their brothers and sisters and they it's what they did together yeah because they just fell in love with it so much and that to me means so much because those memories that i have of watching tgif with my family eating a pizza tgif you're not wrong i will never i'll that nostalgia won't ever leave it's a beautiful moment in life and to think about that to be on a show that does that for people because it's lasted so long is a beautiful thing and uh, the fans of this show have been ever passionate and therefore ever amazing because that type of passion is what's kept it going for so long yeah all right so nice segue but not the singing question what is your final not so final but final at this point message to fans of the hundred i can't uh, i cannot tell you how much i love you I can't tell you because I was you. Hmm. I still am you. I I was a fan and uh, of of TV's and movies again. Like I said it raised me. Yeah. So when I see you online, when I see all the stuff, anything that you say, anything that you do, I get it. 100% and I'm and I'm just uh I'm seeing me in in the ability to be able to do that at a time where I wasn't able to do that online. Yeah. And I'm just so honored that we get to interact um, because I, I, that's who I was. All right. That's who I am. Yeah. So I just, I love you. And I accept that love on behalf of all the fans <laughs> and say that we all love you too. Okay, so in an ideal world, Sachin, what comes next? That's that's my three word. Beautiful. Um, thank you. That's from Hamilton. I I love it. Yeah, I didn't oh. know if you knew that. Yeah, but I thought you. I remember you saying that you you enjoy yourself some Lin Manuel Miranda. Lin Manuel Miranda is the is the greatest. He's yeah. my Patronus. Yeah, yeah. Um, what ideally, what is next? I honestly just want to have as much fun in this career as po- in this career as possible. I've learned so much on how I would like it to go, and how I would like to process it, and how I would like my time to go you how often do you get seven years on a show to learn all that stuff about who you are and what you want out of life yeah i want to move forward in this career and do it for the reasons i got into it only Mm. i don't want to do anything else i want to stand up for social justice issues in my life the big things that matter yeah and go to work come home and be with the people that i love yeah And, and separate myself from anything that doesn't feed into that narrative that idea of peace, beauty, and love, and respect, and honor, and joy, and goodness, and all the good words that you can think of, because that's why you get into this industry. Yeah. That's why this is an art. Um, and I just want that for my people and all the good people, too. <sighs> I know it's going to be a good episode. <laughs> I'm so glad we did this. Such Great. You're Sahil. the best. I just want to shout out. Uh, Sabrina and I did this online a couple weeks ago that was so unexpected and lovely I need you to hear it because the things that you do out here a lot of times Canadian actors don't get treated like actors and you you understand that these people do it for the right reasons because they love the job and they love it and it's it's I've worked with some of my favorite days on set 
are working with Canadians yeah. because they're beautiful people that just love this job and, and like being nice. And I think that what you're doing for, for them, for us, for everybody is, is so special. And uh, we are all eternally grateful. Anybody that knows you, loves you, and that's... Uh, that's so nice. Now I'm feeling all awkward. Good. Even I really I'm like also it. here to make people feel yeah. awkward by gushing about how great they are. I love it. Um, <laughs> I wish you guys could see how, how her hands are waving. They're just, she doesn't like know what emoji. to do with them anymore. It's like, yeah. what, what do I do with my hands? What do I do with my hands? <laughs> okay, so where can our listeners find you, follow you, uh, celebrate you on the social meds? Uh, Instagram and Twitter. I believe they're different, which is, one of them's at Sachin Sahil and one's at Sachin underscore Sahil because one day years ago somebody took right. the Sachin Sahil and I don't think they're on there anymore so I couldn't get in contact with them to get it back. And are, are they actually... They're not active anymore. So I, No, but I, are they, like, is that their name? Like, or no, was it no, like no. a tribute it just, account? It was just like a, somebody took Sachin Sahil because they were just doing a Sachin thing and it was very cute but now it's... It's not that cute gone. if they like... <laughs> so it's like, wait, wait. No, I, I had what to... Happened? The positive of it is like, it's just it's just adorable. They took it and they're like, I want this and then it's gone. But And you will always remember them because now you have to have the underscore. <laughs> no That's question. Hilarious. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. I keep thank saying you. thank you because I don't know how to segue to this. So thank I'm just going to say you. thank you and thank you to our listeners. Please Thanks, like and guys. subscribe. Leave us a review if you are so inclined. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenscene. No underscores, <laughs> no extra E's, just YVR Screen Scene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Mera Firminger. Woo! Thank you. Um, I don't know why I stopped talking. Because <laughs> I said woo. You I'm did say <laughs> woo. I'm like, you're making me awkward again. Anyways, it's produced uh, and edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad stuff. Like you're totally making me feel weird. And to Tyson Braddock and Paul Furminger for technical support. Yes, we are family business. Don't hold you. Hold your woo. And to Dane Devlin for the original music. Why your screen scene is a revision of Fish Flight Entertainment. Joe, join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television no! <laughs> you got it in there. And cut. Hiring professional performers makes all the difference to the success of any recorded media project. Did you know that the Union of BC Performers, ACTRA, provides agreements for all budgets and types of productions, including commercials, TV series and movies, feature films, from big budget to Canadian indies and student films, animation series, video games, web series, and even streaming video on demand, like Netflix? For instance, our highly successful UBCP ACTRA Ultra Low Budget Agreement encourages and facilitates artistic collaboration between professional performers and independent producers who wish to produce very low budget or even no budget productions. No matter what your budget, we've got you covered and you too can benefit from UBCP ACTRA's award-winning world-class performers. So, if you need actors, voiceover artists, stunt coordinators, stunt performers, singers, dancers, puppeteers, stand-ins, background performers, ranging across any age or demographic, then just contact us at UBCP ACTRA. Make your project the very best that it can be. This message was read by a UBCP ACTRA member. Go to ubcp.com for more information.